Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Ruby. And we are The Duality Project, and you're listening to The Self-Study Podcast. The Duality Project is empowerment from the inside. We seek to live life on purpose so that we can more intentionally and intimately show up in our relationships and our community. With a healthier perspective on self-development, we offer programs, coaching, and this podcast that support you in bridging the gap between who you want to be and how you actually show up. Through exploration and awareness, you'll discover a deeper understanding of yourself to become happier, healthier, and more grounded. We're so glad you're here. Something that goes along with this podcast is the curriculum that we've put together called the Self-Study Program. We also offer one-on-one self-study coaching and many self-study courses via thedualityproject.com. Today, we're talking about acceptance. What is it? Why is it important? And how does it show up in life? And how do we actually do it? Hmm. But (laughs) before we dive in, leave us a review, will ya? It makes a big difference for us um, when you recommend this podcast to your friends, family, and partners. Also, be sure to share our shit on socials. Tell everybody you know about us in any way possible. You can tag us at The Duality Project on Instagram and at The Duality Project on TikTok. If you've worked with us, if you've worked with us before, fill out the Google Doc that's linked in the show notes below or at www.thedualityproject.com/tdp-links/ and write a testimonial of your experience. Also, if you go to Instagram, you can look at our um the link in our bio, and that will take you right to the testimonial. Um, But we're really excited to start sharing some of those with you on this podcast as they come in. Um, So shout out to my gal, Taylor, who just shared her experience about working with me doing self-study coaching. Let me read it. Let me read it. Let me read it. Okay. (laughs) Okay, you ready? Um, This is from Taylor. Working with Kate was an absolute game changer for me. I told Kate I needed help setting and enforcing boundaries, particularly with my employees. She helped guide me through the process with care and compassion. The homework she gave me was constructive and thought-provoking. Plus, she didn't guilt trip me when I was unable to complete it. Wow, we love that. (laughs) After 10 sessions with Kate, I feel significantly more confident in my ability to lean into difficult conversations. Wow. I feel more true... I feel my more true inner self coming to the surface and being seen and heard. I'm so thankful to Kate for working with me. 11 out of 10 will work with her and the Duality Project again and strongly recommend anyone else looking to dig deeper to do the same. Incredible. Wow. I can't wait to have coffee with you soon, Taylor. (laughs) So, yeah, we want to hear from you, too. If you've worked with us, um, send us the feedback form or the Google Doc Da, da, da. And if you haven't worked with us, work with us so that then you can have an incredible testimonial like Taylor's. <laughs> like Kate mentioned earlier, the self-study program, but it's the one-on-one self-study coaching, which is um, designed around our nine theme curriculum that we created for the self-study program. And then we use it with you one-on-one to help you apply these themes that we talk about here on the podcast to your personal experience directly. And you know what else I love that Taylor said is that she said, I feel my more true inner self coming to the surface and being seen and heard. Like that is everything y'all to like get to move through the world as who you are, like feeling connected to yourself and moving from that space of acceptance, presence, (laughs) all the things. And you know what, what I think is like so special about that is that it is incredibly and unfortunately common in 
our industry of work in wellness, well-being, um, health and wellness, even fitness, for there to be a an expectation of what you should get to or like what your truest self like should look like or like how you should basically conform to being someone like who has well-being or like fits the mold of health and wellness and what I love about this program and the curriculum that we've created and all the work that we do is that we throw that out the door and allow you to guide what it looks like and how it feels and what the expression comes of your truest self so we just facilitate like you coming into your own as opposed to feeling like and I've just felt like this in a lot of um, spaces in our industry like feeling like something an expectation is being put on me and instead we really like dig deep with you so that who you are gets to come out of whatever closet depths um, dungeons that you've been like keeping it in and then you get to come forward and like that is just we were talking about it before we got on this recording that like that is like the most gratifying part of our work is getting to experience you experience yourself in a really raw and authentic way what a powerful and like radical thing to do in this world is to get in touch with who you really are and acceptance is such a key, 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 key part. Oh, wow. Let's just dive that. in. <laughs> okay. So just- okay. So acceptance. <laughs> yeah. Ruby, what? <laughs> okay. So just for reference in the curriculum, um, and you have already probably listened to this podcast. And if not, you can go back after this or go back right now and listen to our episode on presence in the way that our curriculum is set up is that there are nine themes that we believe really work well consecutively, but also interchangeably. So yes, they come in an order in the way that we work with you, but also you can pick and choose and work with them at any point in time. So presence being um, what's here and now, and then from that, we move into acceptance. Okay, so presence... <laughs> I do think it is like so helpful to back it up a little. Presence is the noticing of my experience, right? Presence is the noticing of I see the tree out my window. I hear the echo of my voice. I feel a comfortable warmth in my body. Um, Acceptance is the next layer of that. So acceptance says, okay, And that's kind of how it feels to me. Like presence says, here it is. And then acceptance says, okay. Mm -hmm. Because there's the present to, okay. So if it, it, the alternative of going like, okay, sounds like, okay. So you, you see the tree outside the window, the wind is blowing. The opposite of acceptance is going, the wind shouldn't be blowing. Is the tree going to be okay? Is the tree going to topple yeah. over? How long has that tree been there? And like, I should probably go help the tree or like call someone about the tree or like, da 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 You know what that yes. sounds like in your brain. Okay. Our favorite thing is, <laughs> our favorite thing way to talk about acceptance is, okay, where do we learn the phrase river of integration? You got it from a book, I believe. I believe there was a I book went to reading. Ruby's little tiny home in Athens, Georgia one time. And I like to ruffle through Ruby's books because there's an excellent so collection many of there them. always. So many of them. And I, I, I will find, we'll find the book and link it in the show notes for sure. Um, so the river of acceptance. Close your eyes. Integration. Except if, or the, oh, right, right, right. Totally. The river of integration. 
close your eyes for a second unless you're driving. Don't do that. But like consider you are in a yacht, perhaps. You are in a kayak. <laughs> Those are so different. Are we Choose your own adventure experience. <laughs> Choose your own adventure experience down your river of integration. So, and on one, one of the river banks is like complete, it's just buildings. And the buildings are made out of brick or concrete. They are fully structured. There's no way that you can, there's no docks. You can't get anywhere. Um, like you can't get deeper onto the shore because it's just like blocked. It's just completely blocked. It is 100% structure over there. There's no space for your pick your own adventure boat to go. <laughs> On the other side, it's total fucking chaos. And it there's bushes everywhere, branches, uh, vines. Like you also can't get your boat over there. So somewhere in between all of that is what integration feels like. And integration is the space in between structure and chaos where you are able to tap into your intuition and skillfully navigate your way down the river skillfully move forward in your life you're in flow and I feel like flow is something that maybe you've heard people talk about um, creatively or in like athletics like flow like in the zone like that sweet spot of um clarity where like time melts away and maybe you've experienced that yourself and also if you're like yeah okay but like Eh. what is that what is that even like mean how do I know if it's happening like what is flow um it's hard to describe, so I don't have, like, an answer for you. But it is, like Kate was saying, like, it's the mix between structure and chaos and, like, the duality, um, like, coming together and allowing something that is much more powerful to come through. Um, and, like, I feel like flow is, like, something that we can be pretty far removed from in our culture and society because flow happens in the absence of overstimulation in the absence of um distraction so be looking for those moments when you feel for me it feels like a calm um or like a clicked in feeling that I'm like oh this is like what it would feel like to be floating down a river right now (laughs) but like in my concrete experience of what I'm doing you're kind of dialed in to what you're doing it's this sense of like You can see what's around you and you're taking in what's necessary in order to navigate the river. Like you're like, okay, there's a rock ahead. So I'm going to, so I have to do this. There's this coming up. So I have to do this. Oh, there's a paddleboarder over there. So I'm going to go a little bit around them. So I don't knock them off their wake or with knock them off their paddleboard with whatever boats. Yeah. It's like using presence in action. And then the the flow is possible when acceptance is practiced on purpose. Right. So it's like flow can happen um, when it's like, oh, there's like so much structure over here that I can't dock my boat there. And like there's a lot of chaos over here. I can't dock my boat there. So I'm just navigating the river in front of me. The opposite would be oh no, there's a wall over there. Like, what am I going to do? And like, I wonder what's behind that wall. And like, what if I can't ever get to the other side of that wall? And like, um, 
And then on the other side, it's like, oh my gosh, all the underbrush is blocking me. And what if there's an, like a poisonous snake in there that's going to come out and get me? And you can feel in the energy how that is the opposite of flow. <gasps> and you're probably just going to run into the obstacle or off the whitewater rapid without being able to adjust and click in and participate in the moment as it plays out. Yes. I mean, but what are some of the other binary things? Rigidity and... Yeah, rigidity and freedom. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I feel like we talk a lot about this idea of freedom. And, like, to put into context a little bit, like, yes, I want to feel free and autonomous. And what I want to feel is connected to my people. I want to feel connected to Ruby. So, and being connected to Ruby does not take away my freedom and my autonomy, but complete, it's like codependency versus detachment. Those to me feel like the two walls where Ruby can't for me exist in either of those places, but she can exist in in the space between that feels like interdependence, interconnectedness. Yeah, it really is like a a medium, like the the middle place Mm -hmm. and I think sometimes you go more towards one side of the bank if you need more of you know I don't know if you're needing more of that structure maybe on the side of structure maybe the the water is a little bit calmer because it's just like structure and maybe when you get over towards the chaos side that's where like the rocks and the rapids are but also where the rocks and the rapids are is where there's movement in the water like so maybe you're ready to get a little bit more movement in so you're like oh I'm ready but then maybe sometimes you're like you know what I want to put my dock in and I want to, f- I, I don't want to move forward really. I kind of want to get off the boat and it's sunny and it's hot and I want to swim a little. And so I can anchor right here and get into this like nice, deep, calm water. Yeah. And like the way that, um, the bank side of the wall is very safe and the bank side of the chaotic underbrush is very exciting and how we need both in order to like both are already happening right and so Mm -hmm. to embrace and accept both is how we get to live a very fulfilling and dynamic experience of life and like you know this is why we are called the duality project because there are these dualities in our existence that um it like almost feels counterintuitive to merge them, but the merging of them where the river of integration flows is the the secret sauce, if you will. Yeah, totally. And it's like, you know, I especially feel like in our, the way that our world is now, it's like we get on Instagram and a, a, or social media or something and somebody tells you this is the right way to do what it is you're trying to do. And that's what, that's kind of what Ruby was speaking to. Like, okay, so as a fitness instructor, People come to me and they'll say, oh, man, I feel really out of shape. And I'm like, so they've come to me to get in shape. Well, what does that mean? In shape for what? What what kind of shape do you want to be in? So like, um, so maybe somebody who likes to run marathons, they're trying to get uh, in physical. They're trying to increase their physical capacity so that they can do the thing that they want to do, which is run a marathon. I, on the other hand never again will be running marathon. (laughs) So I have zero interest in being in shape in accordance to what it means to be in shape for a marathon. But say a parent who's trying to get in shape because suddenly they realize how fucking fast a toddler is, that's a completely different, it's like kind of, that's a completely different kind of training. They need different stuff than a marathon runner. So like getting in shape doesn't mean anything, but getting to a place of 
alignment with what you want so that then your movement can serve you so that then your fitness practice can just serve you in what you want to do is the difference between going to the trainer and saying, what am I supposed to do here versus going to the trainer and saying, this is how I like to and want to use my body. Can you help me feel good? Mm. That's what the river of integration feels like in fitness. Yeah, what I hear you speaking to is the in the impact of clarity. Mm-hmm. And so presence and the noticing is the first step in getting access to that clarity. And then it's the difference. Oh, and this is really good for acceptance. And I guess we'll need to like flesh this out some. But like, so what acceptance is not is just like bowing out of life and being like, eh, it, okay mm-hmm. but what acceptance is is taking the clarity that you get with yourself and then applying that in your life to say like okay I can see clearly that like this is where I'm at and this is what I want and all of that is okay and none of that needs to be different and because of that state of acceptance I actually can like move down the river of integration I can move forward and uh start bridging that gap or continue bridging the gap that we talk about between who I want to be and how I'm actually showing up right now. For sure. And some of the language I like to use when I'm talking about that is the difference between insourcing versus outsourcing. And like outsourcing is when you're looking around going, who's here to tell me what to do, how to be. This is, this is where a lot of people get in I don't know, muddy water, I guess we'll keep using the water analogy, but like muddy water in the self-help world, because we continue to read these books that tell you, this is how you should eat. This is how you should drink water. This is how you should move your body. This is how you should be in relationship. This is how, this is how, this is how you should, should, should. And what we're offering is like, maybe read all that shit. Maybe see what everybody has to say. For sure. I like to do that. Like, yeah, give me some ideas. But then that, that information and all of that intellectual stuff has to be kind of like composted in your body and then kind of like churned around, felt through, sifted out what belongs, sifted out what doesn't belong. And then like from there, that's where you it begin to insource and like the truth of you and your inner wisdom and inner knowing starts to like sprout out from inside you. That doesn't come from books or podcasts or internet carousels, mm-hmm. Instagram memes. <laughs> internet. Yeah, I w- uh, something that came up as you were talking is like, yeah, choose what you digest. And so you like take it in and then from what is actually fulfilling to your own alignment let that nourish you and then the rest let it move through like waste whether whichever end it wants to come out of right like let it go yeah let it move through I like the I like the uh the difference between like moving through is that there's no (laughs) I just now I'm just thinking about poop but there's no like (laughs) tight grip We're not constipated. (laughs) We're not constipated. You're not trying to hold on to shit that's not yours. You just let it move through. And you know, that's the healthiest kind of booze you can be taking. (laughs) It's a great analogy, honestly. (laughs) Welcome to the self-study podcast. and We're going to teach you how to shit. (laughs) Okay. So... 
why is acceptance important okay so like this is the process we get it there are some things to digest you let the rest pass through the clarity that you gather for yourself from your own insourcing lets you know what that needs to be you know obviously there are some implied like benefits to acceptance like healthy emotional and intellectual bowel movements but why else is acceptance important in our lives yes why is it okay so one of my favorite (laughs) quotes i can't remember which teacher said this but i just really recall the way that it rang true for me and i've continued to like reference it in my life is that acceptance is the deepest form of love Love feels like it could be a whole nother topic, right? Like we we all have like thoughts about what that means and in what way, but consider it to be like, um, belonging, you know, like love being that like an action. It's an action. It's purposefulness. It is an intentional creating relationships where there's belonging and ease and care, like purposeful care. And warmth Love and comfort. Love and on purpose. Yes. Uh-huh. Ooh, the warmth and the comfort, the ease, the trust. Uh-huh. And that acceptance when as a practice um, is an expression of this actionable love, this like on-purpose warmth in our lives. And it can be practiced in any dynamic of relationship, right? Like when we practice acceptance, we give someone the gift of getting to be how they are or like we give the thing the gift of getting to be however it is without it needing to fit in my own box so like in the same way that like we're not interested in putting you in a wellness box like you probably already know this but if you don't we do this to each other all the time out in the world we put each other in boxes and acceptance Mm -hmm. says you do you kind of and not from like a defensive or like put off way it's just like from a really neutral place of like you do you and the way that that gives someone or something the space to be and like isn't that like what belonging feels like like the space to be yeah acceptance is the opposite of forcing you know okay so I think about like that immediately makes me think about children wow you all at this point probably know that I think about children a lot um Like, I don't know, do you sometimes, maybe do you feel this way or do you know somebody who feels this way, but like who got caught up in trying to become who their parents wanted them to be. And then as an adult, like sometimes they're kind of like, sometimes we like flounder a little bit to try to figure out who we are and what do we like because we've always been trying to be something else instead of literally just who we are. And like that feels rigid and stuck and like, um friction that feels like friction to try to be something that maybe you're not and and I certainly know people who feel this way and I know that we all do some you know people who their parents or their or somebody somebody was trying to tell them to be somebody else honestly it's the systems there's all you know it's like a lot of our systems professionalism is kind of one of these things that says this is how to be in this space and like I know for me I've never worked in a corporate environment and I literally feel sometimes afraid to go into a corporate environment because I have, I don't know how you're supposed to be. And so I, in corporate spaces, I often feel like 
this total like fucking sore thumb, you know, I just like feel like I stick out. I do not feel like I belong there because I don't know how to be because there's such myself. a there's such a rigid expectation of how you yes should be and so there isn't yes. acceptance so there can't be belonging there's just everyone trying to like check the tally boxes the of boxes. like how you should be mm-hmm. and how yeah limiting and the that same is. thing yeah this and okay yeah how how limiting it is like because the same thing goes for when you show up to a gym like fitness tells us that you should be thin that you should be white that you should wear Lululemon, that you should be trying to get skinnier, that you should be a million other things. And in order to belong in these spaces, this is what you need to look like. And what we're offering with acceptance is actually that like, wow, fitness and movement is actually like a really healing and wonderful thing that we all have access to. Um, And so instead of telling people that, that fitness looks a certain way, what if we say fitness just is for everybody and we accept you no matter how you are to come into this space and want to move your body? Yeah. Like that makes space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm thinking about how the check boxes that we, that we put on spaces, places, each other, how that, requires us to try so hard and acceptance like and flow is the opposite of trying hard right like we're not paddling upstream here we want to flow with like what is natural and like coming through and like the energy that's present and I feel like I could go so woo-woo here in this moment but it's like you get the idea like we don't have to try so hard and then like life's still gonna happen exactly as it happens Yeah, and even when you say the thing about not having to try so hard, like when I think about with people and with our friendships and our relationships, what a gift those ones where I don't have to try so hard to show up and love and be loved, that that just like comes through in those relationships and that on those days where I'm feeling grumpy or like pissed or irritable or whatever... That just as I am is good for these people. Mm-hmm. And that they're just like, yeah, girl, mm-hmm. come on in. Mm-hmm. Take a load off. You don't have to try yeah. here. Yeah, I think part of the why is it important, a great like follow-up to that is like, what does it give us? You know, what are you going to get out of acceptance? And like, Kate, you're speaking to a sense of connection, ease and connection mm-hmm. and space for me it feels like spaciousness it feels like yeah it feels like a healthy amount of connected freedom yeah a word that is funny that it just came up for me was like faith Mm. like um I have faith in the people around me to love me I have faith in my lovabilityness and you know lovableness (laughs) What is what would that be? What's that word? Yeah, I don't know. I never think about faith really, but it's just really coming up for me right now. Mm. I have faith in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have faith in you that it's like you're not a grumpy person. I have faith in you that you're not going to take my, all my energy, that you're not going to suck my energy out of this room with your grumpiness. Mm-hmm. Or I have faith that you are responsible. I don't know. Faith. to me, There's something coming up for me with the difference between faith and then, like, disappointment. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. Yeah, I think when I think about acceptance, it feels like being held. Mm -hmm. And so you saying faith, it's like I, in those spaces with the people who I feel accepted by, I get to trust that I'm going to be held in however I show up or whatever I need or however they are that like we get to be held together and is you know I what's I'm like isn't that what we all want <laughs> I know god god damn it yes <laughs> yeah that somebody wants to hold my hand even when it's sweaty and gross mm-hmm. yeah and then I feel like, you know, that's speaking to the experience of acceptance interrelationally. When I think about acceptance as something that I practice with, like, ed- events or experiences in my life, it feels like I, when I accept, I'm able to, like, untether from the rigidity or the even, like, harm or like violence of or like like I'm able to like unhinge or untether from the thing that has nothing to do with me impacting me in such a a wildly kind of like un ration not rational is not the word um unproportional way like disproportional way um, yeah, you know, I was journaling the other day, and I, and this kind of resonates for me with what you're speaking to. Like, I guess, um, you know, like, I'm in the work of kind of, like, unraveling myself but with some, like, codependent relationships. And, like, the fear is that, like, if I don't continue to do codependency with this person, then I'll be completely detached. But what I think of it as, like, is, like, one long string. Because, like, we're all interconnected. What I do matters out in the world, whether I know how it has impacted somebody random that I've just walked by or not. We have impact. And um, that's, like, an that's something that we have to accept is that we have impact. And so then when somebody comes to us and they're like, hey, you know, I was hurt in this way when this happened. It's like, oh, I actually love and care for the impact that I have out on the world. Um, But so if we consider that we are all interconnected in this way, I was just kind of like visualizing like, what does it feel like with this person? And it feels like the string between me and this person that is what keeps us connected is all tangled up. It's all tied up all in these knots. It's unclear where my, my part of my string is and where theirs is theirs and even which part attaches to which one of us. And, and what I got present to is that the string is still there, even though it, I'm doing the work to untangle it. And, um, that feels like communication can flow more, more freely, like on that string. Um, love can flow more freely. I can do me, they can do them. There's more access to acceptance because we've un like unenmeshed, untangled ourselves from each other. And it, and that, yes, the fear is, is that we will become completely disconnected, but the truth of like the world is that we are connected. So we can become unenmeshed and detangle ourselves from each other and continue to stay connected. And that's where that flow happens. The Because f- the string isn't flowing now. It's just all tangled up and mushed and gushed and confused. 
But where there's like a looser string between the two of us, that's where our shit can just flow freely. Yeah, and even like two sides of that outcome, right? Like on the one hand, maybe it's someone who, yeah, continues to be in your life because they're important to you or you have some sort of like tie. And so then that string is uh, like close, short enough that like you stay Mm -hmm. connected in one way. And then because we are all connected, like I just keep, you know, I'm in Colorado, so I just keep thinking about Aspen Groves. In Mm -hmm. some scenarios, right, you untangle the string and then, thankfully, the distance from your end of the string to their end is, like, far enough away that it's, like, I can trust that there's still connection and impact, but that doesn't have to mean that, like, everything, that I have to, like, be so close. Where I'm going with this. So, like, for me, one of the most challenging times in my life to practice acceptance is when someone has done done me wrong Mm -hmm. and I just want to be like Mm -hmm. like, I just I want to cut that string I want to cut it I want to cut the string off at my end and give them the whole wad of the string and their end of the string and I'm like best of luck with you and this is how you know that you fucked up Yes, I have a really hard time when people done done me wrong and Mm -hmm. really hard time accepting and wrapping my head around, um, yeah, people who don't treat others how they want to be treated. And like a recent example of this is like um, we recently moved just like a few weeks ago and the landlord from our previous place um, has some quirks that border on obsessive neuroticism whatever there's just a very certain stalking that she likes stalking. to be done she we... was out of the country and stalked them <laughs> but within by the neighbors we were being Anyways. surveillance by neighbors anyway surveillance um and then you know we really care about the spaces that we inhabit we take really good care of them um i knew that her home was really important to her and then i spent a lot of i spent a whole day making sure it was clean and ready for her to return Obviously, not just for her, but I wanted to get my whole deposit back, as we all do. Mm -hmm. Anyway, she gets back um, and is displeased. And while she still, thankfully, refunded us most of the deposit, um, Mm -hmm. there were some really unreasonable aspects to why we didn't get all of it. And then a very long email that was, like, aggressively worded um, and unnecessary and anyway i got all torn up on sunday about something that i'm like i would like to have more details (laughs) i want the nitty-gritty dirty details ruby okay i haven't heard about the email okay yes oh yeah kate's hearing this story for the first time i am ready to rage she gets home um she sends me an email that's basically like outlining what we get back for from our deposit And some things that are included in the deductions are um, $75 to just clean the kitchen. Um, A whole cleaning fee, if we had cleaned nothing, I think would have been $200. Now, we spent six hours cleaning her house. Was it, like, truly spotless? 
No, the oven needed to be cleaned for sure. Was it $75 dirty? Absolutely not. It was very And was it a new home when you arrived there? No, it was not. Correct. She had been living there. Like, people live in spaces and and live there. It was normal normal wear and tear, as they say. Um, Also, some deductions. A pizza stone. She deemed her pizza stone unusable, which I've never heard of. Um, What? Pizza stones are better when they're seasoned and used more, so... um, you're welcome that we used the pizza stone. We were allowed to use everything, right? It was a fully furnished And house. we were allowed to use everything. We lived there. Um, you left all your shit there. It was easier for you to do it this way. Also, I'm not accepting this. Also, <laughs> one of the deductions was her kettle for the same reason. She called it unusable. She said there was just, like, too much grease on it. We cleaned it. The kettle? Um, it's a gas stove. So, like, obviously, there's, like, open flame on it. It was a $60 kettle. According to her deductions? Like, on Amazon. Like, she ordered another one and charged us for it. Gave us the old one. So, you know, I gave it to my sister because we have a kettle. Because we would have used our own kettle the whole fucking time if I had known that it was a $60 kettle that I would have gotten nickel and dime over. Oh, my God. And then and then we had communicated a little. There were some things that got mixed up that I ended up with that I was going to... I was like, yeah. I texted her and was like, yeah, I'll bring these back to you this week. Um, something that was not included were velvet hangers but apparently those were missing because those were in the deduction for eight dollars eight dollars doesn't matter but some hangers that i'm like i definitely have the hangers also turns out she returned to me some plastic hangers that like i had left apparently so i'm just like i would have gladly traded you the hangers but you didn't ask for them instead you like went to target already and deducted it from whatever okay so oh my god this is the email i decide that i'm unhappy (laughs) Mm-hmm. And I also decide that, like, often in my life, I don't say stuff. So I've decided to reply to this email. And so I send back an email um, that's basically like, hey, I really, like, want you to understand how much care we took of your house. Respectfully, we cleaned the kitchen ourselves. Like, I don't – I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around how it's that dirty. Um, also – how many hangers and I'll bring them back and Mm -hmm. just a heads up if I had known about the pizza stone in the kettle we literally wouldn't have used them and as a side note it really didn't feel well that we were being constantly surveillance by the neighborhood so I just I just want you to know that like honestly we felt pretty like unwelcomed and it did not feel friendly that we were always getting checked in on for the short seven months we were in your house Mm -hmm. the reply oh no so long it started with, I didn't ask the neighbors. I just relayed the message. What? And then goes on to be like, the first night that I got here, I stayed up till 2 a.m. cleaning. And I'm still cleaning. And I will send you some text messages with all the photos that I've taken. And normal wear and tear is like a few scuffs on the wall. Anyway, right? Like totally unnecessary oh lengths of defensive explanation. And I accept the fact right now that inside my body, I do sense rage. (laughs) I'm present to the fact that I sense rage in my body and that's that. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I was just really upset, you know, and like Jake is so good at things like this. He's just like, wow, 
she's kind of unhinged and like we already knew she was very particular and so like clearly we didn't do anything wrong it is what it is I'm glad she gave us the amount that she gave us back me on the other hand I'm like is it like right that I feel attacked like I feel kind of attacked I feel like this is unjust I also feel like I've been gaslit for being like surveillance uh, without my consent and um do I play a victim in my life like is because I feel like this is like always happening to me that like people are like kind of coming for me yeah just like not behaving properly yes. <laughs> for like my the way that I try to treat people really really well like I try to be such a good person in like a practiced way I do this for a living I have people mm-hmm. on my team who help me be better mm-hmm. so you know I go into a little bit of a spiral it took some hours to recover and yes and then at, the thing about acceptance too in my experience is that like honestly time does really help so did some distracting decided the next morning to send an email back I just said like okay I think I understand you better now um I'll be by on Thursday thanks again for your generous return of our deposit and basically have a good life Mm -hmm. um and I don't feel very much charged like sharing with you now because this was like Mm -hmm. almost a week ago Um, but it was, it took, you know, it was like not easy to accept that this person was like treating me poorly. And what I noticed too, is it's hard for me to accept things when I don't feel like I have power. Right. And so like Mm -hmm. I wanted to respond because the first time, because like an old version of me wouldn't, I would just like let people say what they wanted and move on and like call it being a better person but like not let that part of myself mm-hmm. be heard and so it felt really important but then I did that and then it just like did not go how I wanted it to go and I was like this doesn't feel mm-hmm. good either so it's like mm-hmm. hard to accept that I like chose to respond when like I knew that it could have I could have just like avoided the discomfort if I had just like left it and whatever um but also I feel very I feel like pretty strongly that someone needs to tell her that she's like doesn't behave like a good person towards others so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um maybe that's the impact maybe it's the seed that has been planted that I don't know whatever I have to let go of that and so this is an example where I have I'm like okay the last five days I've been untangling the cord so that she can be energetically as far away from me as possible um yes in our web of Mm -hmm. eternal connectivity between us all Mm -hmm. um Yeah, it's just really hard for me to accept in those situations. And so, like, I had therapy this week, thank God, and that was really helpful. Um, And what I find, okay, so, like, in this scenario, what I had to do in order to accept that is I actually had to then come back to the part of me that was spiraling about how I must be a terrible person and, like, Mm -hmm. get straight with myself, right? Like, untangle whatever that was that, like, came from whatever I've picked up in the past from the systems Mm -hmm. and be like, okay, I accept that I actually didn't do anything wrong here. Mm -hmm. I'm not like being punished. This isn't like a consequence for something I've done wrong. I'm not a bad person. I accept that I have done the best I can here and that some things are unsolvable. And some Mm -hmm. people are like not willing to like communicate. Unwilling or be reasonable. Hmm? Yeah. Or, or I like, you know, my my 
friend Jess says that people can be unable. And that helps me have some space of like, well, why aren't they just doing it? Instead of like, they won't do it. They refuse to do it. Like they're actively driving their heels in. And it's like, no, man, they're just not. Do- the Okay, that's kind of the difference between like kind of forcing it and controlling it versus acceptance. It's like, they're not doing it. And that's so frustrating. And I feel like I'm really hanging on tight to the fact that they could do it, but they're not. And unable is one of those things that like helps me release that grip. It's like. Totally. I don't, because it's not mine to figure out. Could they actually, if what, like if what, if they went to 10 years of therapy and then what, she's going to send me an email one day and be like, hey, Ruby, I've been reflecting on that email I sent you and I'm so sorry. Like, she's never going to come around, you know? So, it's like, it helps me to feel like, okay, unable. Totally. So, I can stop trying. Because yes. it's not mine to do. It's hers to do if she wants to do the it. The responsibility mine is, is to, in her court. Yes. And mine is to say, you know, uh, okay, I got your email. I really wish that you had said this, this, and this. Because we would have made different choices if you had communicated with that with us. And I feel frustrated about this this and this that's all yours and I love that you sent that email because that is that is taking action on on behalf of yourself and I think especially something as um women especially is that we're not taught to advocate for ourselves and often I do find if I am in relationship with a man that they can help me go that's not your fault. You don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, though, in relationship with other women, a lot of times other women are going like, well, what could you have done better? How could you have softened your approach so that they could have been more approachable to you? How could you? How could you? How could you? And a lot of times a dude will just go like, that wasn't your fault. Yes, that's and what I Jake am was. So and grateful. I'm like, how are you that way? But also thank you. Thank you. Yeah, like thank you for reminding me of that. And for giving me back the part that just hurts to feel misunderstood by this stranger whose home I really actually respected and tried to take good care of and legitimately did take good care of. Like, I feel hurt because I feel misunderstood. And also the frustration and the hurt and the XYZ, the multiple ways that you feel about that, that all should get to have a voice just like all of her shit got to have a voice and so you accepting that like wow i do have all these feelings and in giving them a voice as well is what is in your sphere of i guess your sphere of control your sphere of responsibility your sphere of like this is ruby fully showing up Totally. And like, yeah, it didn't go the way you wanted it to. But again, like you said, that's already out of your control. And so it's the acceptance of your own stuff, voicing your own stuff, and then going like, I guess that's it for me. Yeah. And being able to like get honest about it. Um, There's some icing for the cake. Oh, no. So in the bags that she left for us to pick up, which were mostly trash, like not like paper on the floor trash, but like a bent hanger that probably ended up like behind the washer that she like returned to us. Uh-huh. Oh my god. That feels so fucking petty. She included an a card that was like, "Thank you again for being great tenants. I'm sorry that you were unsatisfied with the deposit and this was like an ended on a negative note." Me too. And so that actually um it was kind of helpful f- for me because receiving that I was like she really thinks that she 
is doing great. That there was like nothing wrong with, you know, how she behaved and that it was actually my fault. But she's not going to gaslight me into making me feel like this is all, like I did something wrong in order to like be responded to in that way. And yeah, anyway, it really helped give me a little bit of clarity of like being able to parse apart like, okay, I don't have to, other people don't have to have my perspective in order for me to be right for me in my life. And like being able to accept whatever it is that it's like how that person is or wants to be is like totally their own stuff. And I don't have to take that on or make it mean something about me. Mm-hmm. Or make it mean, yeah, totally. That part about like taking on somebody else's stuff and making it mean something about you. Like her stuff was... The like, oh, you didn't take good care of my space. She'd have felt that way about anybody staying there. More so, so like, then, I would I would argue even more so if anyone else had stayed there. Totally. Yes. And I will, my dog is sitting right here on this couch and I will share that there was no dogs allowed at this place and my dog didn't ever come to the place because she wasn't allowed there. And Emma comes everywhere with me. So, you know. Like, there was respect and care, and, like, I got to experience it, and it was, like, such a wonderful sanctuary while you all were there inhabiting that space. And I got to benefit from you all being there. (sighs) Yeah, that was my lesson in acceptance this week. Okay. And often for me, like I said, those are the biggest and hardest ones is when I feel like someone has, I mean, it comes down a little bit to, like, has done something in a way that I wouldn't do. You know, and like not Mm -hmm. in just like a preference way, but in like to me, it feels like an ethical, moral way. Like Mm -hmm. I would never treat someone like that. How like how am I supposed to accept that someone else would? I feel so powerless because I really am on purpose about treating people well and like navigating life in a way that reduces harm as much as possible and then like wraps back around to like correct what I can, you know, like I'm so intentional about that that it feels wildly unbelievable that people are just out here willy-nilly willy fucking nilly throwing around projections bullshit 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 willy-nilly mm-hmm. <laughs> blows my mind every time i see it or what every I, time i experience that right totally mm-hmm. um so something else that i notice when acceptance has been practiced is that I get access to humor again in like a really light and playful way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's where like the things that maybe felt intense get to be like light and funny again because, or even like at all, because I'm like able to practice acceptance and like step back into the flow of my life. So it's like, LOL, that boulder back there. Yes. Wow, that boulder really tried to take me the fuck out. Did you guys see that? I hardly even saw that? it coming. And then there it fucking was. But we missed it by the Harrison and Jimmy And here we are. <laughs> yeah, like, right? And Jake was the one hollering like, whoop, look out for that one. And you were like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, wow. Ooh. <sighs> <laughs> Wow. Y'all, what's so great is that truly Kate didn't know this story. And so like getting to experience your experience Uh -uh. of it is really something. 
Okay, and so, like, even just, like, let's speak to, like, in the moment. Okay, so I feel, I do feel energy in my body because I love Ruby, and I would go on attack for Ruby on any given day. So if this woman (laughs) ever shows up in my space, there's a chance that I would likely accidentally, not accidentally at all, like, just, like, backhand her. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I've never hit anyone like that, but I would like to. Anyways, um... So, so though, so Ruby says, Ruby said, you said the thing about like, you know, like you've already processed this. There's not charge for you still here. And like a way in which like, um, okay. So as far as like belonging and connecting, it's like, I can unravel the fact that I feel rage on be and that in its mine though, I'm not taking on Ruby's rage. And like when she was telling the story, she didn't have to take on my rage just because I was feeling ragey on her behalf like that's still mine and she was still able to like come to the story and just like tell it how it is for her and I think that that's an example of like unraveling and me accepting what's mine and Ruby accepting what's hers and then also like where there is like a sense in your body accepting it and giving it a voice just speaking to I feel this is a way that we get to that's an act of acceptance. I feel rage in my body. Mm-hmm. And even then, like, you know, I kind of got to chuckle about it. But then also that helps me express a little bit mm-hmm. of that. Like that energy, like getting to say like, holy shit. And then kind of make a joke out about how, how I feel ragey about people like that. Because what br- what it brings up for me is like, wow, all these people out in the world. It's the willy-nilliness of all these people out here just not giving a shit about how they fucking impact people and not doing their emotional work to show up in the world as a fucking adult i'm like you're out here causing harm left and right to people and you're getting away with it Mm -hmm. and that makes me furious Mm -hmm. yeah and so like when we are in our own practices of acceptance we get to be in deeper relationship because we get to like hold space for each other to have whatever the feelings are and then like be in the practice of acceptance so i'm thinking about this from like the perspective of me sharing with you now today versus how um, like I can think of some relationships in my life in the past where um, it would just be like a gossipy spiral. So actually we would like feed off of each other's like rage or upsetness and then Mm -hmm. like that's like snowballing and then like no one's getting anywhere and we're definitely not getting to acceptance and three years later we'd still bring up the same story and like Mm -hmm. not have accepted it. It's like built up in the body, right? And so... Because um, in the moment, like, we just retangled up all those strings. Yeah. And so the difference mm-hmm. between being, and that's also like a clarity thing, but also just like being in your own work and practices that allows relationships that go deep and wide and not mm-hmm. just like up in the clouds spiraling around together. Wow. Thank goodness. And I yes, think that please. feels like the difference to me between gossiping versus like um, sharing experiences and like doing life together. Totally. And even like processing with, you know, because in order for, you know, so if Ruby had called and to, and to like, and needed to process that with me, it does not help her at all to process her own shit if I'm inserting my rage. Mm-hmm. And even though like, I think a lot of times this rage or anything that feels like protect like I'm trying to protect you there's like a righteousness energy to that like well I get to be ragey because I love you and it's like you're actually not supporting 
the person who you're saying that you're loving and doing what is the loving thing, which is process what has happened to them so that they don't have to hold on to this like extra energy around this situation. You're helping them let go of that, release that, accept what their experience just was. But when we go in to like protect on behalf of, we like hold on to that as this, I, I worry about you because I love you. And it's like, I don't need that. Mm-hmm. What I need for you to is listen to me mm-hmm. and for me to have what I feel mm-hmm. about this thing. Um, and so that to me is like acceptance is the deepest form of love. Mm-hmm. When we on purpose detangle our stuff so that we can all like, I don't know, it feels to me like leveling up together. Mm-hmm. So that we all get to like. I don't know, feel more connected. And then it's like when somebody else gets to tell their story and you detangle your own stuff from it, you get to know them more deeply Mm -hmm. instead of just your fucking self all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something that I hear you speaking to is like, okay, so we're talking about acceptance and then what comes up is, okay, so you've said, y'all have said like practice acceptance. What does that mean or look like? And what I feel like you're speaking to is presencing that, um, the practice of acceptance involves doing something with the charge. So there is charge that needs to be expressed. So whether that is physical expression, um, audible expression, verbal expression, by telling someone who can hold the space for you or by journaling, um, but doing some creative expression, doing something that gets the energy out and and kind of like in front of you so that it can um, process in its own way and show you what you need to get out of it in order to arrive back at that neutral, um, fluid, moving water of river of integration. For sure. You know... Acceptance has shown up for me recently in, I grew up it with the, with always having the question of like, okay, well, what happened and what's the lesson? Of always going, well, what's the lesson? Well, what's the lesson? Well, what's the lesson? And so that often puts me in a space of, I did something wrong. And so if I perfect this thing, then next time that thing won't happen because I'll get it right the next time. And Am I all for lessons? I'm all for lessons. I'm not knocking a lesson. But a recent lesson is that sometimes shit just happens. And my recent lesson, as you know, guess who it came from, Ruby? Lily Bear. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. My two-year-old niece. And, like, shit happens with her all the time. Like, um, she's two. She spills stuff. Like, something happens. And, like, at first I was like, ooh, well, if we did this, then this wouldn't happen, then this, and then this, and then this, and we'd be good. And then it's like that just started to feel like a never-ending spiral of you're fucking up, you're fucking up, you're fucking up, you're fucking up. And then it's like, actually, there's a two-year-old in front of you. The lesson here is two-year-olds make messes and you're going to have to continue to clean them up and help her make messes she learns through making messes so it's not stopping the mess it's organizing maybe where the mess happens a little bit so if she's pouring something for instance at the so say she started to get distracted with her food and now she's just pouring drink on you know she likes to pour things she's in a pouring phase um 
pouring helps her learn fine motor skills, blah, 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 shmer, shmer, shmer. And so instead of going, oop, and trying to stop that from happening, like, oop, don't pour that, and then we won't make a mess. If you don't make a mess, you don't have to clean up the mess. Instead, I say to her, Lily, it looks like you were wanting to have a pouring activity. Would you like to take our pouring activity that we made and go outside? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, great, let's go outside. You carry this, I'll carry this, let's go. And so the, the lesson has gotten to be that shit just happens. Messes happen. Sometimes storms come and then you just got to clean it up. But, but yeah. What a great lesson to be teaching her as a baby, you know, and I'm just thinking about the ways that we pick up on everything. And so that kind of constant like micromanaging of the action of the child Mm -hmm. and the way that that feels like, even though the intention is not that they've done anything wrong, right? The intention is as an adult that I like my house clean and tidy and then we don't Mm -hmm. have to clean up a mess so that it'll be less work for me later. But the way that Mm -hmm. it translates is like, oh, I've done something wrong. Messes are bad. I shouldn't make a mess. If I make a mess and have to clean it up, it means I've done something wrong. The cleanup is punishment. And then we get to be adults and we're just out here making messes all the time. Mm -hmm. But then we're like still replaying that. The messes look different, right? It's not just like from pouring something. It's like, I don't know, whatever you did out last week, you know, that felt like a fuck up. And it's like, oh, I kind of made a mess. And instead of, oh, this is a great example, like with a, a relationship, right? Like, um, uh, I remember with a friend a few years back, like I, we were at dinner together in a group of friends and I kind of made like an offhanded comment that was meant to be a joke about like, her dating behavior and anyway the next day she was like that really hurt my feelings that was like kind of like a cut like that felt like it didn't feel good and I was able to be like oh my god I like I would never do that in order to like harm you or hurt your feelings I'm so sorry I was just like really caught up and and I I shouldn't have said that that was like not a joke that I should have made but the feeling that can come up when we make a mess like that and then there's like confrontation needs to happen is like oh no now I'm like a terrible friend or like um because I'm having to clean this up I've done something bad Mm -hmm. and now I need to like make it up to this person and like figure out how to be a better friend and like that way that'll never happen again Mm -hmm. because that's like what we're being taught when someone interferes with the mess that we're trying to make you know like with what's happening yeah totally versus being able to be like okay that's a mess and now I cleaned it up and now we move on together. Yeah. And even as you were saying, like, something that we get to help each other do is, um, okay, so you said, like, physical expression. And I think of dance or even, like, fitness, right? Or you said creative expression. So that makes me think art. You know, I guess, you know, dance falls under creative expression. Music, right? Um, anything that we hear that sounds beautiful and put together has been messily practiced. Imagine like a beautiful choreography that is dance. The f- the way that that started was some dancer, choreographer, all up in their fields, going into the studio and throwing their body around in a messy, messy way. And then eventually that comes together and creates something beautiful. It's like the process of creation is messy. The process of expression is messy the process of processing is messy life is is making a mess life is messy and so like 
Okay, and so acceptance is accepting the mess. And consider, like, if you take care of children, part of what our... Okay, if you take care of anyone, if you care for literally anyone, part of what your job is to meet that person developmentally. Where are they at? Where is a two-year-old at? They're in the, they like to pour things, like bless her heart, she's in a biting phase right now. I don't know why she is in a biting phase. I don't know, like developmentally what is coming up with <laughs> biting. But like telling her to stop biting isn't enough. She needs to stop biting me because you're hurting me. What can you bite? Here's something that you can bite. If you need to bite, you can tell me that you need to bite and we can find something for you to bite. And then now that is her learning. That's a messy process of her learning. Oh, I need to bite something. Oh, I need to go to a caretaker of mine, communicate my need, and they will help me meet it. Yeah, responsibly That's a developmental needs. process. Yeah. And so, and so that's like, it's like the de- the development, the processing is a way in which we're developing. And that's a messy step. That's messy. You know, Brene Brown always. I do know her. She says <laughs> the middle is always messy. Wow. Yeah, totally. And it's a beautiful place in there. You know, and, and we don't want to get stuck there. <laughs> it's where we all get to be, hum- you know, like that's where human exists so like really like life is just messy right it's like the river is wet the river is wet and the river is also flowing so you cannot paddle up it you cannot dry the boat off while you are paddling upstream that ain't gonna happen so please for the love of god stop trying your boat the deck of the boat is gonna get wet because you will get splashed you will get splashed you even sometimes will dive off headfirst into there. And it might feel good to be wet. Listen, my mom's boyfriend got a new boat this summer. And we were out on it in June. And um, it's a nice boat. It's like a speed boat with some, like, deck boat influence. So it's got a really big, like, front spot that uh, he has, like, an extra cushion you lay down, so it's, like, a whole area. Anyway, I'm sitting Lovely. up there. We're on, like, an evening sunset cruise because that's their favorite thing to do. And um, I have on normal clothes because we've only gone there to go on the sunset cruise. And we hit a wake. And oh, no. the water came up and doused you submerged the boat like basically like <laughs> took out the whole nose of the boat ruby went under my hair was wet like <laughs> the carpet was wet in the back of the boat like i was just covered <laughs> in water we all nearly drowned <laughs> and you know there's like an old version of me who's like wanted to control everything and perfectionism is a whole nother storyline for me you can go to instagram and watch our live from years ago um Mm -hmm. but it just like didn't come up you know it was just like oh my gosh lol there was a moment where i was like i can't believe this fucking happened to me just now totally but then it was immediately like "Eh, whatever you know like well here it is i came out onto a body of water what did i expect would happen yeah right (laughs) and yeah the practice of excess acceptance just like all of our practices, right? Like happen quicker with more practice and over time. And 
And to the point where it's like, oh, I don't have to be affected by getting submerged with water when I didn't expect to because shit happens out here in the world. And also, mm-hmm. it's still a beautiful evening. There are towels on board. Mm-hmm. This is a great story for later. Yep. Because People I'm in safe. the future, though, I can we can let them know that maybe they should watch out. <laughs> totally, yeah. We could tell some people, like, look out for the wake out there. It's really something today. <laughs> it will take the boat out. <laughs> So a way that we like to suggest that you listen to this podcast is like self-inquiry. You're listening and you're going, huh, what is that like for me? So you're insourcing what you're hearing from us. So um, here are some questions or journal prompts or just something for you to like noodle on as a form of self-inquiry. Consider acceptance in your life. Um And where in your life can you start practicing it today? And what do you imagine that that could be like? So like, can you think of a scenario in your life where when you get those activated feelings, you can choose to express in some way? So is there a person you feel safe to express to? Do you have a journal available or um, a hobby that helps you get out energy, whether that's going for a walk or doing some drawing? What does that look like for you? Long story short, acceptance is both challenging and it creates flow and ease. And so like what Ruby and I are suggesting is that yes, it can be challenging, especially in a world that does not want you to accept who you are. It doesn't. All of the systems that we have in place do not want you to accept who you are because it does not serve the current systems as they are. However, What it does serve is this web of interconnectedness and the impact that we have on each other. So yes, I want to acknowledge that acceptance can be really hard because there is some serious bullshit out there that I do not currently accept. You know, I am not the, the, the queen of acceptance, but I try, you know, it's a theme and I try. Um, and it, and it really does serve me in, in a lot of ways, um, And there are some things that, yeah, that I just find every time I'm faced with does cause rage. And one of those is when, when I do not accept it, when people just treat people poorly, I can't accept that. And the, and the part that I've come to really get to know is that the part that cannot accept, cannot accept that is this wonderful, juicy, tender, loving part of me that cares deeply for the world. And so the same way in which I can love I can love the way that I show up for my friends um, in like in the ways that I understand and know and see them. I can also do that for the rage that exists inside of me, which is actually an agent of care and love and that deserves expression and care. It doesn't deserve to be shut down. It doesn't deserve to be ignored. It doesn't deserve to be held on tightly and righteously to. It deserves to be seen for what it is which is love and the practice of accepting that part of yourself and as we accept ourselves and are like in the process of acceptance with ourselves and all of our parts that makes way for even fuller becoming of Mm -hmm. yourself yeah yeah and we are of the belief that like the fully working towards fully becoming yourself is just the most powerful thing that we can do for ourselves and each other. 
it's like the point, right? Like becoming more and more yourself, not because you're going to get there one day, but because mm-hmm. the process is something very gratifying, fulfilling, dynamic, intimate, unbelievably rich, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a client the other day who was saying something about like, um, she was saying, I, I led a workshop and we were following up afterwards and she was like, the like rich soil that like you cultivate in these workshops. And then she went on to say like how it impacts her. And and I was able to reflect back to her, you know, like the richness of the soil that you talk about is because you were at that workshop. Like you are part of Mm. that rich soil. You are part of the composting. You are part of the ecosystem that is this rich nutrient dense soup you know, (laughs) that like, I love that Aspen groves come out of mushrooms grow out of all of these, like, think about all of the nutrients and shit that's inside like rich soil. Like you're part of that. We're all part of that. I love that. And I just want to wrap that to like you who's listening, you know, it's like we have something to say because you're here to listen to it. If you Mm -hmm. get anything from it, it's because you showed up to listen to it. You know, it's like uh, a constant energetic feed from us to you and you to us and all around and the impact that we make day to day and what we hope from this podcast and the work that we do is that um that you go out there and become yourself being more and more responsible for who you are and how you show up so that everyone in your life and beyond gets to experience the most full version of you every step of the way Express yourself with confidence and compassion. The self-study program gives you the skills and techniques to explore your feelings, identify your needs, set boundaries, and communicate clearly and compassionately so that who you want to be aligns with how you show up. Dig deeper and get to the root. The self-study program offers a container for inquiry and self-discovery. It's a place for you to land. When you give yourself a framework for accountability, you open yourself to the possibilities that are awaiting you. Lean into support and care. The self-study program is a group coaching curriculum that fosters autonomy, yes and thinking, and meaningful connection. We do it together as a reminder that we are not alone. Follow The Duality Project on Instagram and TikTok at The Duality Project. And don't forget, make sure you write a testimonial link in the show notes. See you next time.